Hello and welcome to Rear View, the show where we get to chat to the fascinating people from the motoring universe, learning how they got to where they are today. I'm Andrew, and on this episode I'm delighted to be joined by Ali Tack, who is a commentator, caster and producer of eSports Racing. Welcome to Rear View, Ali. I'd like to start off by asking why eSports Racing? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, it's, you know, I'm sitting here on the Motoring Podcast, where you guys cover this really broad spectrum of uh, all there is really to do with car culture. And uh, I live inside of a, a little niche of that, which is esports racing. And uh, that's competitive video games. So that's com- specifically video games about cars and racing cars. And uh, and that's that's where I live. You know, why? Um, I think just because I was quite good at them <laughs> and, <laughs> and got quite into them. And uh, then eventually found myself uh, working uh, for companies that, that were putting on shows and putting on competitions. And uh, over over that period of time, yeah, it, it became my whole job, which is which is nuts to me still. I mean, even saying that right now is is weird because um, <laughs> it is it's such a small section of people in a way when you compare it to car culture at large. And that's why it's so exciting as well to be on the show because it's 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 been a, a very cool period for esports racing over the last few years, and it's grown exponentially. And uh, it's fun to get this kind of to get a kind of recognition from the. Um, yeah, from, from the wider car culture. No, no, absolutely. Um, we're going to explore that more and more uh, as we as we go through our chat. Uh, but I want to start like I normally do, which is find <laughs> out, because I'm presuming here, and then this is this is for the listeners now, I'm presuming, by the way, everybody, that Ali does like a car or two. Having listened to him <laughs> commentate, I, I know, I'm confident that he does. Uh, and he just does, he does it's what not all he? research. <laughs> but... When did you first get into cars and what sort of end of the car universe was it? You know, I wish, I wish, because I could go for like, give you a date and a time almost. Um, but I, I just haven't got it in the top of my, top of my brain right now. The moment was Damon Hill finishing ahead uh, of Michael Schumacher. I think it was the, I think it was the Australian Grand Prix and he'd been following Schumacher for a lot of it. And Schumacher's the oil from Schumacher, the rear of his car had covered Damon Hill. This was championship winning season. It mm-hmm. covered his car and his helmet and he like, took his helmet off and the whole thing was very sort of old school motorsports <laughs> to, you know, the eight year old me. <laughs> Saw the, you know, the oil everywhere. It's like, that was the gnarliest thing I'd ever seen. And, uh, I went out go-karting just like the next day, go-karted for 10 years. And that was, that was the moment. That was when I got the bug. Um, and yeah, it doesn't go away quickly, does it? <laughs> no. So it's, so it's racing side of things that really grabbed your attention first off. 100%, yeah, racing uh, for for years and years and years. And car culture came a lot later. And actually, car culture is something which um, I've gotten much more into through video games, uh, much more than I have through through automobiles themselves. Mm. So you, you went on and you did karting for 10 years, you say. So uh, what you were, did you just say then, sorry, that I'm being really no. a very poor interviewer already so early on in the in the episode but uh, thank you thank you so much you can stay on you're very good <laughs> I, I like guests like this <laughs> forgiving the i think is the word I'm looking for. i made it <laughs> but it, but you were, were you did you say you were eight when you saw that so then you started karting at eight yeah yeah right I started okay at eight. Yeah, was, that's right were you about the same age as everyone else there or were you younger um, at, the, at that time, I was the sort of youngest of the crop. Um, I was brought up in Cambridge, which is, it's not the centre of the motorsports world in the UK, but that kind of East Anglia area, there's a lot of people um, looking to get their kids to be 
at the time, the next Damon Hill, these days, the next Lewis Hamilton, the next Jensen Button. So there's a lot of kids out there. Mm-hmm. Not strange. It's not strange to be out there at that age at all. Um, and there are kids who are out there who are younger. Oh yeah, I mean at the time I was I was one of the younger ones, and as I got older, I was one of the older ones. <laughs> so it goes. So I, I presume you enjoyed it then, if you did it for ten years. Loved it. I loved it. Yeah, uh, so much fun. I love going karting, and uh, you know, I think it's a story that a lot of people who do esports racing share. Is that you know, as you, you go up and you have some success in local karting, and really. They, there's not really an opportunity to jump on from there towards Formula Ford or Formula Cars. And mm. uh, you kind of look around for how do I scratch that itch? Because yeah. it doesn't go away. You can't be out there on track, but you know, what do I do? And so a lot of people head over to video games where uh, rather than spending uh, you know, however much money to get a full season in a Formula Ford, uh, they spend you know a thousand quid and get themselves a decent setup and a console and a, and a video game. And they're behind the wheel again and getting to the core of racing uh, in, a, in a virtual way. Mm. Yeah, 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 no, I, I can see that. I can see, I mean, particularly the way the games have uh, progressed, particularly in the last, uh, what would I say, probably last uh, seven or eight years. Sure. The realism, just of, even though some of them are still quite uh, arcadey in nature, but the... The, obviously the massive improvements yeah. in graphics but then there's the dynamics and obviously there's things like the tracks are so well mapped now right that, um, and, and with the force feedback through just if if you're only using a controller let alone if you've yeah. got your your mega rig 100%. it just it it does it does give you that escapism but also gives quite big hints of realism i know it's not the same thing because there's some corners that you could not take the way you do on a video game in real life. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Straight out of fear as much as anything. <laughs> <laughs> well, right, I mean, but there's that great, there's that great bit on Top Gear, right, where where Clarkson took a what was it the NSX, yeah, and he had a little go at, at around Laguna Seca in a, uh, in I think Gran Turismo, yep. and then uh, went and did it on the track, and that, that was exactly it. It was the fear factor mm. that you just couldn't get through the video game. No, absolutely. Were you playing video games at the same time as doing the karting? Oh, yeah. Yeah, sure. No, I mean, I've always played video games, yeah. You know, the big ones back then were GoldenEye and Zelda, uh, <laughs> all those good those good ones. And then as I grew up, yeah, graduated towards towards racing games. And that was through the whole spectrum of it. So, I mean, Forza Motorsport is one that really my career and uh, and my adult life has really become quite, um, quite linked to. And I love the Forza games and have played them for a very long time. But I've also played a whole bunch of other ones. I played Formula One and Gran Turismo and had a dabble here and there. So I, yeah, I've, I've been around to watch them, to watch them get better. And I mean, you've mentioned it, you know, the tracks, they're laser scanned these days. They're, you know, absolutely nuts detail. You can see these, you know, graphic webs of all the incredible detail they put into there. And, you know, that all comes to you through a, a physics model of a car, which incorporates Everything from tire pressure to uh, the flex in the in the uh, sidewall of the tire <laughs> to the you know, anti-roll bars and what they're made of and all that nut stuff. It's it's really um, there's a lot of detail there. You know, being able to feel that through yeah a steering wheel for some people and a controller for others is a uh, it's the mission. It's what you try and do as a driver. You try and learn how to feel it. But you know, the games will give you that feedback if you if you search for it. Mm. So why did you stop karting? Money. Okay. Money, sadly. Yeah, I know. 
The, the realities of Dosh. Okay, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, Dosh, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I went karting again the other day because, I mean, as a as a grown-up now, I have enough means to be able to buy 10 minutes of go-karting. I realized it the other day, <laughs> <laughs> which was a nuts moment in my life. And uh, it's so hard work. I never knew. I never realized when I was a kid. God, I was exhausted. I never want to do it again. <laughs> No, I've I've done it once. I was lucky enough to go to an, an event, and I right. did did it there. And I was too busy going. I know I'm going to be slow, and now I'm desperately don't want to get in the way of other people. So I spent the entire time <laughs> looking over my left hand shoulder, going, "Oh, here's comes someone. I'll stay out their way because I'm bound to be in front of them around a really quick corner for them, and I'll ruin their lap." <laughs> But, I was, but yeah. as you said, I was shattered at the end of it. <laughs> I know you only through your podcast, uh, you know, your, your radio your radio voice, and you had the most English persona. So being <laughs> the most polite man out on the racing track is so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, after you, sir. After you. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> it was. It's not a persona. It's just me. <laughs> It's just me. It's just me. That's who I am. All right. So what did you go on? To, what were you doing after you carted? Was it anything to do yeah. with motoring at all? Or was it was it things like, oh, I'm, I'm now going to have to go out and get jobs and go to uni or stuff like that? Yeah, real stuff. Yeah, yeah. the boring <laughs> real world. <laughs> I know, right? So I um, I went and did uh, philosophy at university. Uh, I, I played a lot, much too much Halo 3. <laughs> And got a little bit close to the pro scene there, so that was really my first introduction to esports. Um, seeing seeing that stuff and wasting my time at uni and not studying in the way that I should have. <laughs> and then went out and had a career in uh, in copywriting mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of years, um, and that eventually led me to being a copywriter for a company called ESL, who uh, at the time were working. Uh, Working, running, running the Forza Racing Championship, mm-hmm. and uh, that's how I made my way into that into that stream. And it was like, huh, hold on, <laughs> I can I can do stuff that I'm interested in, and not as a hobby. Yeah, and that's Someone's like going the nutsest moment. <laughs> Someone's like, <laughs> and that's like, huh? <laughs> they pay, they pay people for this, and it, that was that was crazy. And I mean, it was. It's not something that's been around forever either. It, it really, you know, there, there weren't a lot of generations of, of people in these kinds of jobs before me because the jobs weren't there. No, and you know the the esports scene has grown very quickly, and of course, racing has been a little bit late to the party, maybe relative to other esports. I'm thinking like first person shooters there and other tactical tactical games. Yeah. Well, do you think that has been? driven by the fact that esports was are so massive in southeast asia but driving right. ones perhaps or racing games perhaps weren't yeah i mean i noticed now there's i've like because uh, i follow you and because thanks to the forza racing championship i i've my understanding of this has expanded slightly and i see that there's like gran turismo yeah. ones now which there must have been as well for for a while you know, I'm not sure. saying that. You know, now I've come along. Everybody says, "Oh, it's good. We can start or anything." But, <laughs> but uh, well, I mean, Grand Grand has been one of the first ones to do it. Uh, they did the GT Academy, where they trained a driver, where one driver would win, and they'd win a race seat and a GT mm-hmm. car uh, from the game. Yes, and uh, that was really the, one of the trailblazing sort of sort of campaigns, um, which is a hell of a prize. Yeah. Incredible prize, <sighs> and some of the drivers went on to have careers in in motorsport. Mm. Because they got behind the wheel and people were like, you know what? There's 
Sure, there's the there's one stream, there's one way of creating drivers that we know all about, and that's through Formula Ford, through you know single seater racing, or through tin tops, or however you come along and get your experience. But there's this whole other stream, and actually they're producing drivers which are not only comparable, but in some cases better <laughs> than well, the drivers doing, who are going to the traditional they stream. They are doing hours and hours and hours of sim work. Yeah. I mean, I, exactly. I, I, I've not seen current, say, F1 or top racing team sim stuff. But, but you know, previously, the fact that you're sitting down and you are going on that track, because the track is the same, the layout is the same, the distances are oh, yeah. in. And as we, you know, we were talking about before, they've mapped them so much closer now. So you're getting elevations and things like that are, are beginning to play much more of a part. But the fact that you know, all right, as I after I come around this corner, then there's another corner, or this is a double apex corner, and you know, people now know the tracks blindfolded before they even get sure. the car. So they're yeah. so then they're not yeah. having to learn that; they're only having to learn what do I do in, with the car. Well, right, and there's you know what that you saying that you know kind of puts me in mind of this kind of recent feeling that I've been getting that that, that there's two kind of ways of driving and. One of them is this kind of thing that racing drivers always talk about, where you talk, they talk about feeling the motion of the car and the way the car's reacting in there, the difference between their sort of bum and their hands. You can kind of feel the, the forces going through the car and the way that it's flexing on the, on the asphalt mm-hmm. by the kind of way in which those two are, you know, what's it called, sort of proprioception, where your body's yeah. at compared to which direction it's going in. And, um, you don't get that. That's the main thing you don't get, you know, apart from, we talked about this fear factor, but you don't get proprioception in video game in the same way. You don't feel that flex between your hands and your bum, and you have to do it all from your eyes, uh, judging everything, basically bringing that data that people would usually bring in through their body in through their, their visual field. And that's a skill which, uh, it, it, you know, being a racing driver doesn't give you that skill. Being a sim driver gives yeah. you that skill. And so when motorsport teams want to build out a sim division, when they want to start simulating their races to see if technological improvements are going to help their lap times, actually there are people who are better equipped in some ways to do that than their race drivers because there are people who are experts in driving a car given that kind of data input just through the visual field. Yeah, no, that's a a great point. That's something I hadn't considered is that obviously these teams will bring in specialists to do, you know, it's like they... Formula One always have the um, development drivers, don't they, and things like that. Right. Uh, and this is a development driver, someone who can do that, who can, who will be able to sit for hours in a chair, doing pounding round and round on virtual laps, yeah, yeah. and then tell it, sure. being able to tell people, or their, or the teams can get the feedback off the data they've processed, and and get a better feeling for things, so that when they do finally fit this new part or software or whatever they are most of the way there of understanding exactly what it's going to do that saves them money doesn't it the whole of this last year randy van buren uh, the winner of a, a competition through sim racing has been mclaren formula one's sim driver he's been the guy doing that bringing the data in and this has been a big sort of experiment and also slightly a marketing campaign, of course, from McLaren in whether or not that would work. And it it looks very positive, you know, uh, from from where I'm sitting. That's that's good to hear because there's there's different ways of people. There are different attributes that can be used 
these things. It doesn't always have to be the same way. And it's really interesting to see that motor racing teams are taking advantage of the fact that there is now different opportunities and different skill sets in which they can be helped. And that, in the end, will save them money. Spending, spending, that's the bottom line, you know, isn't it? Giving someone a salary for or a you know a, a contract price now to do this for twelve months will save them millions later because they're not having to take a car to a track and pay a driver and all the team there, etc., etc. You know, it's scales, you know, and all that exactly. sort of stuff. So exactly. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. No, no, I hadn't, I hadn't appreciated and, that, but yeah. no, that's brilliant. Uh, uh, sorry, we were slightly diverged there. So um, you're you're working away at a company that deals with the with Forza Racing Championship, and mm-hmm. were you racing online at that time anyway? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. So yeah, was cool. there? So was it? So it was multiplayer racing because I'm I've never bothered doing multiplayer racing, not because I don't like the idea, <laughs> but from my yeah. earlier comments about the karting. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy who completely <laughs> screws up the first corner and we plows need, into everybody. We need more Andrews. We need more Andrews in multiplayer racing online because everyone else wants to win the race and will do anything to do that <laughs> and have no etiquette. <laughs> but that just makes it point. This is one of the things which I, yeah I know because I've seen I've watched a few a few YouTube streams of Super GT. He's, he's right. I really like his channel. Brilliant, isn't he? Yes, Steve's great. And uh, and he's <laughs> he's quite chilled out. <laughs> I wouldn't be. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's more this resigned That's what acceptance, I, love about- I think, is what it is. <laughs> but you, there's special videos where he shows, right? Yes. Or, you know, he'll say, right, and this was a race full of noobs. And you know, oh, God, that means they're just going <laughs> to charge into each other for no real reason, aren't they? And I, I don't want to do that because... There are people who are taking this incredibly seriously, and they are. And as a, right. you know, they are. They are. If if they are an athlete on a running track, you'd be going right. I'll stay away from them because they are putting in a lot of work here to get to a point. So it's just the fact that people can't appreciate that, or don't appreciate that, or can't see, or don't know that the us us muggles oh. are on the same track. As people who've got lots of hours of experience, who are trying to, you know, work on things to get to a point where they are in something like for the, the racing yeah, championship. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't want to, I wouldn't want to characterize them all as sort of, you know, hopeless bores. You know, they're they're all out there having having fun yeah, on the yeah, track, yeah, yeah. and if yeah. they get knocked off in a public lobby, then no one's worried about it. But there is a context, right? And and the context where where they want to race at their very best, and that context tends to be pre-organized races. Uh, which are put together by the community or put together by uh, sanctioning bodies like the Forza Racing Championship or other other leagues. Um, and those tend to be the ones where people will sit down, they'll sit with their, you know, they have uh, tuners who are essentially sort of engineers, if you like, who will set the car up with them and work with them on that stuff. And they'll talk about race strategy together and get their pit stops right. And then they'll go out and try and execute uh, a race strategy as best they can. And for those ones, you know, there'll be a qualifying session and there'll be all sorts of stuff in place to ensure that everyone on the track is on the track for the right reasons and, uh, and deserves to be there. Because well. it still gets heated even at uh, championship oh, yeah. level, as I've seen. <laughs> it does, it does. And, you know, it never, it never goes back, yeah. Which, again, is understandable because people are out there to win. 
uh, and yeah. disappointment obviously will get um, amplified. You know, you'll get very emotional uh, if through, for the sake of argument, no no fault of anybody's, but a coming together happens and then people are then out of the race because they are quite short races as well at that, at yeah. that level. It's not like there's 50 laps or something, so people have got time to recover. Usually uh, one major yeah, mistake and that's it then, isn't it, really? And they they won't... Uh, they. They'll be they they'll be racing as yeah, hard yeah. as they can, and uh, they won't turn that down for any reason. I mean, I guess the analog again is fear, right? In real world racing, you wouldn't have a massive collision, and you wouldn't put yourself into a specific position because you'd be worried about the physical yes, harm that might come of you if, if this were to go wrong. <laughs> and there's always a limit to that, and that there's an ongoing discourse, of course. So for the last few years, with with a few with Max Verstappen, for example, I live in the Netherlands, so I'm I'm all for Max, but about his um. His the way he drives on track, and whether that's a dangerous mm. thing that he's doing, um, and you know, whether he's defending in the wrong ways. You don't really have that in the same way in online racing because there's not a physical danger there. There's no need to worry about whether the cars crash or not because nothing comes of it. And so you do end up with with more collisions, and the you know the amount of the amount of collisions and the way in which those are penalised really has to be held down by race marshals and stewards. Uh, who have to draw a very sort of hard line with the drivers to say, look, if you, you can do it, of course, we can't stop you from doing it. But if you do, it's going to be very unlikely you're going to get any yeah. advantage yeah. from it. No, I, I, I've noticed it because there's been, um, again, I'm picking Forza here, there are there are many yeah. racing championships to available to all <laughs> listening to this. <laughs> yes, the BBC. <laughs> I, I, mean, cause that's, that, I mean, that's where I, I first um, found you was, was I came across Forza Racing Championship uh, earlier this year, mm. and that's where I, I discovered you. Um, so obviously I'm going to talk quite a lot about this because I, I like racing in Forza so as well. <laughs> I'm happy to. Yeah, I like to too. Yes, yeah, so yeah, we're going to get along fine. <laughs> so, so this, this is so for anyone who's li- who's listening who doesn't like Forza, insert your own <laughs> race series of choice. That's right, but most of the principles stand, are sound and are transferable. <laughs> but I noticed recently in Forza that there was a change to race limits and things like that. And obviously, again, with any rule mm. change, it takes people a little bit of time to to get used to that. And watching a couple of the races, not not in the final, I haven't had a chance to watch the final, but watching the um, Mexico, yeah. I wondered to help people understand whether, and I don't know how technologically possible this is, because I, this, actually this is a question I've got for you. What we see okay. on the streams, is that what you see? Are you looking at exactly the yes. same screens as we are? Uh, well, as a, as a commentator, I get a little bit more yeah, data yeah. than you guys, um, so I'll, I'll tend to get uh, a little bit more information about mm-hmm. what's going on. Uh, but by, by and large, yeah, I mean, you know, we our job is to speak to okay. the images, so we we tend to look to the look to those and go there first. And if we need to bring bring in other stuff, then we'll uh, no, okay, that right, that 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 makes perfect sense, and that's what I I suspected listening along to you. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be pleased to hear that you were <laughs> actually talking at the pictures, so. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. <Good. laughs> I know. I know you were waiting just for me to clarify that. I know. Sorry. I know. You can. You can report back to all the team. <laughs> I mean, I'm writing an email right now. <laughs> but I was wondering if 
<laughs> yes. I did it, guys. <laughs> Andrew said it was great, so that's all right. We, we, we've achieved everything. Uh, but I was wondering whether showing things like the track limits, maybe on the corners or something like that, might be yeah. something you know for future down the line to help those of us watching as well be able to understand... Yeah. You know, maybe we're not playing it as much as as obviously the the drivers are that are, are there, the racers are. Um, so you know, when we're watching moves, and then it comes up later, and it says, "Oh, there's a five second penalty or a ten second penalty because there was two, one or two um, misdemeanors, or there was two penalties." We could we can then go, "Ah, oh, right, okay, yeah, I remember because on that corner, all four wheels were clearly over the red or something." You know, things like that, yeah. because you guys have to interpret that for us right now and that exactly and, and do our best to, to show it you know in every everywhere we can yeah and i mean the you're, you're completely you're preaching to the choir here I, I love this stuff and this is why i think i'm so lucky to work uh, in the forza racing championship specifically one of the reasons i think forza is very special is because there's always been a drive with uh, this championship to not go a lot to not copy or make ourselves a direct analogue for any kind of formula of mm. real-world racing, but rather to build something kind of new and look at what this new thing could be and what it could look like. And ideas like this, you know, augmenting the, the broadcast with the track limits literally drawn on the side of the road and be able to show, hey, all four tyres are outside right now. It's, there's nothing impossible about that. It's, uh, you know, of course, there's some technical stuff that you have to work through, but it's an awesome idea. And there's loads of other cool stuff. You know, how about having a 3D, 3D models of the cars, you know, and, and, and working with those standing yeah, next yeah, to them yeah. in the studio, like a weather forecaster, you know, there's nuts, nuts cool stuff you can do with this, uh, with this technology. And I think it's just about having, it's about having an open mind partly to do it and then also having you know, the yeah, means yeah. and having the, the ability uh, technically so it's there's a lot there's a lot of stuff you know i can't yeah, yeah, yeah. do it tomorrow <laughs> but at the same time it is they are awesome ideas and this is what i love about this this sector so much but i but i think you've you've got a unique advantage a little bit like formula e formula e is doing some stuff right. that rubs some traditional racing fans up the wrong way however i really like uh, Formula E, and anyone who listens to the Motion Podcast News show will know that we like Formula E a lot. And part of that is because, well, A, we can watch it without having to pay a massive subscription, so it's accessible to everybody. Mm. But but also they, yeah. they've made an active effort to engage fans. And, you know, things like the fan boost, which is a little bit gimmicky, yeah. Right. But... If it means people pay it more attention and they are they are helping to bring awareness because they'll talk to their friends about it and say, Oh, I was watching this great thing and you know, this is this is one driver I really like, he's doing great things, et cetera, et cetera. You know, and and word of mouth spreads and spreads. I mean, to the point where Heineken a week or two ago signed a massive five year deal with Formula E to be their always strikes me as a little bit odd with a racing series to have a beer and cider uh, sponsor. But, <laughs> yeah, right. but, you know, a global company like Heineken, yeah. went, we want part of this because they are it in shows. front of a lot of eyes. It shows how much it's grown so quickly. Yeah. And I think the way the the racing championship, Forza Racing Championship works, with the, the way there's the live chat, which is generally well 
most people are well behaved and i know there's rules and stuff that people get stomped on and things <laughs> yeah. like that yeah yeah, no, yeah, yeah i understand it, yeah. that and, and that's great because it means you know yeah. it means generally it's a safe environment but that shows engagement right. again but in a way that it aligns with the with esports because it's chat your people are watching live streams you know they're, they're in front of a keyboard while this is happening it all it all ties in together it all makes sense and it and I, I think because esports is now growing in prominence, as you said, you know, there's there's Formula One teams that have <laughs> development drivers just just to do sim stuff and yeah, who from sure. race from e from esports, uh, e racing, that, that that you have the opportunity to do whatever you like because you're not tied down by traditional viewpoints because it's it's in inverted commas new, even though it's been around quite a while now, but it's still new. So the format, no one's decided on a format really. So you're you're able to experiment, I think. No, exactly. I mean, this and you know, you're talking about fan engagement, and you know, for any of your listeners who don't watch the Forza Racing Championship or haven't seen it, we we do a thing where we have the the viewing audience vote on which car the drivers will race in next next time around, which track they'll jump into, and also sometimes what the weather will be at that circuit. So the audience... And you know, if you ask that, what are they going to say? <laughs> <laughs> the audience very much have a, have a say in, in, what, um, in what we do. And there is, there is, no, there is no real-world analogue for that. And it would be very difficult to do that because, I mean, what, you couldn't pick up the whole circus and travel it from track to track, or you couldn't have five different sets of cars <laughs> that you're going to wheel out and... You know, simulating the weather is something they've talked about a few times, I think, for Formula One, but it'd still be a little bit nutty to have, uh, you know, sprinklers on the corners or whatever. Um, it, it allows this to become its own yeah. genre of motorsport, which is something which, you know, as you say, doesn't have to be anything like, uh, anything like anything we've seen before. So it's a, it's a brave new world in a sense. Uh, uh, and, you know, we're exploring it at the moment. Um, I, I don't know that, you know, I don't know that anyone's clicked on the formula for it or, or the, the perfect thing. No, I, I think you've, you've got this, you've got this wonderful opportunity, particularly the way that you do the rounds as well before you get to um, semifinals and finals that you can, you can really, you can really right. play about with it. And then there's um, the invitationals and stuff you do that you can really mess up. I mean, because there was, was it the invitationals that you had the Baja, uh, sorry, the stadium trucks, the Subaru Brats and yes. the was it the Maserati Levante, all on the same track. Yeah, and, yeah. And We've if had that a... does sound insane to any listeners, it was to watch because each of these cars, as you would expect, had strengths in certain areas. I'd forgotten about that. And it was brilliant watching these Brats just be driven incredibly. Well, they wouldn't be driven like that, as we said. The bravery pills would would have to be right up there. But they they took it there, and yeah. and you could see that uh, each of the each of the vehicles obviously had the strengths in certain areas, and some of the drivers clearly preferred particular vehicles. There were some people who really did not like a stadium truck, and how it would yeah, and that's that's what we love about it. That's what we absolutely love about it because it's. It's all about, for me, it's all about the drivers. And I mean, I'm a, you know, I'm a community guy. That, by that, I mean, I come from inside the, the Forza community and I, I want to 
see these drivers. I've seen a lot of them develop and I've known them for, a, for many years. And so I'm all about the drivers when I see them. And the more we can bring out their characters and what they like and what they hate and what rewards them and what ultimately <laughs> doesn't as well, uh, the better for me. And so when we have, you know, these are called oddball races. So just, you know, these, these aren't, most of our races are kind of, they kind of look a bit more like motorsport. They look like. Yeah. So it's a, it's a more traditional looking GT cars yeah. out there on track, more traditional looking, but these ones, yeah, where we have like a racing truck, like a tank pool racing truck up against some 1960s minis. Yeah. They, they're, they're fun and they are such a great way to show character on the track. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was it. it, it, it this invitation, it was just, it was fun. It was, it was a nice, nice bit of light relief because it, because it is quite serious. <laughs> yes. I mean, people are taking this serious at, the, at that end. It is the pointy end of this. People are taking it seriously as they should, as you would hope they would be. And it just, it allows a, not exactly downtime because that's, that's not quite the right word, but it allows, uh, some fun and some enjoyment and just, just showing that it's you know the e racing is is actually the primary bit is it's fun and it's a laugh and it's enjoyable. You know, I'm so guilty of taking it too seriously. I'm the worst for it. And I have this great production guy who comes up to me before every show. He's called Scott Soden. He'll come up to me. He'll say, "This isn't the evening news. This is a video <laughs> game. So have fun." <laughs> I'm like, but they're all, they've all practiced all week. They've all, they're all tried really hard, Scott. You know, I, I want to, I want to talk really seriously about it all the time. No, no, you've got to have fun. You've got to, you've got to have some good times out there. And, and you know what? It makes better TV to have some fun and it makes the competition so much better as well. It is a great team that are, you know, <laughs> speaking to us on the, on the, on the cameras, via the cameras. It's a great team because it, I don't think you lot allow yourself or, no one is allowed to be too serious for too long. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We'll all rip each other down if we if we see it happening. There's a there's a whole there's a whole infrastructure for that. Yeah, <laughs> I've still got nightmares for that sandwich you had. There was, I mean, why why no one stepped in? Was, if anybody wants to know what this is about, they need to go and watch the Mexico Mexico videos to find out what what Ali will do for for the sport. <laughs> this is our pre-show. They, yeah, they've their latest thing. Their latest, the, the, the guys who write the shows. Their latest fun thing is to write in sections where we'll make something disgusting to eat and just sit there and just monge. Just get get in there. Um, that is. But the problem uh, is, yeah. I think that rose from so many <laughs> times because you can't help but say it. Oh, such and such is in a such and such you know, sandwich on the track. <laughs> That's right. They're, they're in a yeah team A sandwich. Team B drivers in a team A sandwich. That's right. And now, and now we're all hungry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's a great fun. Great. <laughs> That's right. Now I'm hungry. So okay, um, right. Stepping back a little bit, you were you were playing Forza. And you were putting some hours. In. What sort of hours were you putting in online? Um, me personally, oh, I don't know. At, at, when I was pushing to try and be the fastest I could be, I would put in maybe twenty hours a week. Which mm. are, those are rookie numbers. I was going to say that that's you're not taking it very seriously, there, are you? Yeah. Those are nowhere numbers. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's you know, that's one full day without sleeping, playing the game a week. You know, alongside all my other commitments. Honestly, when you look at the guys who who do it these days and who are up there at the top of the game, 
they're not they're not putting in 20 hours a week they're putting in much more than that you know they'll and they they treat it as a job and the the sport is i wouldn't say we're a professional sport in the sense that there are people who make their whole livings off of this or that it, it supports everything just yet i think we're heading in that direction um and as we professionalize mm-hmm. we ask more and more of the drivers um and they they commit more and more of their time to it and so we're very lucky to have people who are who are willing and able to to do that and and also you know have a, have a good time doing it and we try and reciprocate we have lots of prize money for them and you know have them shoot them around the world as well for the competitions so it's yeah it's it's rapidly professionalizing the amount of time they spend they put into this is astonishing and the granular detail they'll go into to find tenths of a second not in their lap but tenths of a second in their race time so they'll be looking at, hey, what's the mm. fastest way I can start the race? What's the fastest way on, you know, lap six that I can make that overtake and not lose time? You know, how, where's where's the fastest place to overtake? Where do I do that? So where do I hold back and go, you know, follow people through? They'll be breaking it down into such small points because it comes down to tenths of a second at the end of the race. It's the same as a professional driver would be doing, basically. The same as, exactly, the same as a professional driver. But a professional driver has the benefit of, you know, a whole team of people to, to break this down and analyze them for it. You know, we have a, a brilliant community. Forza is absolutely blessed with an incredible community of, of, of people. Uh, and I, they're not all drivers. Some of them paint the cars and make them these beautiful liveries. Some of them, you know, we talked about them earlier, these sort of engineers, the tuners who help out making the cars a little mm. bit faster, a little bit easier to drive. There's also people who drift the cars. So they don't, don't yeah. rest and they just, they just like put them sideways. <laughs> and there's a whole community of that as well. So there's there's a huge amount of people who pull their knowledge and, and share it and collaborate to find the fastest way around that track. And that's what we see. Yeah, yeah. We we see the pointy end of that. We see the pointy end of that arrow at the Forza RC, but there's a whole legion of people behind them helping out. So when it when it comes to the teams that are out there, uh, particularly the ones that we see in the say the Forza uh, Racing Championship, uh, and good God, if if Forza wished to sponsor this podcast, <laughs> by the way, for the free free uh, <laughs> mentions they are getting per minute, right. is outstanding. <laughs> but again, you know, I've watched I've watched quite a lot of this lately, and I play it, so you know, this is going to be the focal point of my, <laughs> of our conversation here. Uh, fun enough, <laughs> but <laughs> in those teams, what what is a makeup of those teams? Because we see. We see the drivers. Is is it just a, a collection of drivers, or is it as you say, we've got a we've got some engineers, we've got livery people, we've got. I, I, I how how is it done? What what goes on well, in a t- in one of these teams at the pointy end? Well, I mean, and this is this is something which goes for a lot of esports racing mm-hmm. as well. So this isn't a thoughts or only point about the the way that teams are structured. Esports teams in general follow a similar structure, honestly. Uh, you'll have usually someone who isn't competitive, so not somebody who's trying to win the competition themselves, okay. uh, who'll be running the team as a team leader. And they'll be working with usually a couple of lead drivers to choose new people to join the team. So you'll have those three people going out and recruiting more people to join in. Um, most teams will have two or three, and these are the lead drivers, uh, drivers who are really able to fight at the very, very top level. So compete at the Forza Racing Championship, for example, uh, but, you know, the other top championships in other platforms, uh, if, if, if they were in those games. The, so are we looking top 100, 200, 300 drivers are there? Is that? The, I mean, 
Top 50, top 30, top right? Okay, 50, so top we're 30. right up. It's, you so, have to, so really get up the part of the teams yeah. typically, the, the, the top drivers, the, it's top, the top 30 upwards. Okay. Yeah. But they'll then develop other drivers. So they'll bring in other people uh, who won't necessarily, they won't expect to be up there. They probably won't be on the same kind of contracts. Okay. They may not so, be contracted. Um, sorry, just to ask this, just, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get a, a handle for this. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, those those top drivers they'd be yeah. considered the pros, and then the ones below the top right. thirty, top fifty okay. would be semi pros. Yeah, you could call them semi pros. I mean, I think you know, like like I was saying, the sport in itself, the sport as on the big scale, yeah, yeah. the sport is still professionalizing. So when I say pros and semi pros, I don't mean from a financial point of view necessarily, but I'm just I'm I'm more <laughs> meaning yeah, okay, uh, yeah, yeah, probably more the hours they can put in and how many races they're typically going to be, you know, 100%. top end of. And I think there's, I think there's a fair argument to put mm-hmm. them in a different echelon from each other. Uh, there is a, there's a difference in the speed at which these drivers can can go around the track, which I think justifies us saying, okay, there's there's some drivers who are going to be in this pro tier, and then there's probably drivers from rank top fifty to top maybe two hundred. Yeah, so. yeah. So quite a larger a larger pool who are all you can kind of consider them semi pros. They're on that bubble, but they need to yeah get that little bit more. Uh, speed and that's possible for some of them and maybe not, may not be possible for others. So how would uh, the 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 lead drivers bring someone through? What would they do? I'm not you know I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to get granular. <laughs> We're going to get really into the weeds because it's about how you break. Where you know not at what point you break. Uh, you can you can give someone your braking markers, but then you have to teach them. You know. As you brake, you engage the clutch, and what do you then do with your get your brake pedal as the engine disconnects from the rear wheels? Can it? Often you have to make a little pulse on the brake there, and they'll do other things as well, like a handbrake on the mid corner. That's a really big talking point right now in Forza Motorsport uh, because there isn't an analog uh, for it in real life. Okay. It's a it's a skill that the pros really master, and to rotate their cars more ar- around the apex, they'll dab the handbrake. And just not enough to see a drift, but just enough to see the car twist a little bit unnaturally on the apex. Get straighter quicker. And get straighter quicker. And there's discussion about whether or not that should be legal. Right now, it is. Um, but it's you know it's those kinds of techniques. But yeah, it's it's defining what, how realistic you want to get. So is is this realistic yep. for Forza? Exactly. Or we want and, realistic for the yeah. you know the real world. <laughs> exactly. And you know I, that's a decision that you know we're privileged to be able to make as a, as a competition, you know, so it's, it's those kinds of skills though, that the lead drivers will develop in the, in the drivers behind. And then there's just the countless hours of running with them. So you'll go into a practice lobby, you'll set up a online lobby and basically you will hook up your Xboxes uh, to that, set up a race and usually they'll turn collisions off. So the cars ghost through each other. uh, So you won't, you won't get any collisions. And they'll just sit there and run for laps and laps and laps. And then someone will say, hey, man, mm-hmm. you've got a tenth on me on that corner. How are you doing that? And they'll break down. Hey, I'm shifting down here. I'm touching the handbrake here. I'm doing whatever here. <laughs> Getting on the throttle. I'm holding mid-throttle to keep yeah, the, yeah. the differential a little bit more loaded. You know, whatever they're doing, you know. And they'll break it down for, for the other drivers. And that's a privilege that you get if you're in their team. Oh, and, ju- and just to be clear to anybody who doesn't uh, understand, uh, these... The, drive, the, the drivers, I'm calling them drivers because that's what they are for, as far as I'm concerned, uh, or racers, whatever, yeah. but drivers, they are, when they are racing in the championship, 
it is manual everything and all yeah. assists are off. Isn't that right? Yeah. So so they're they are Correct. pressing a button. Yeah, to and touch. that's they are then pressing a button to change the gear. They are have no ABS. There's no traction control. There's there's none of the stuff that maybe some of us muggles use a lot of the time to stay on the track. <laughs> well, exactly. Exactly. I use them too. I mean, I've been playing this game for ten years, and you know, at, at quite a high level. And you know, the the great thing about Forza. And, you know, talking specifically about, about this game. And, you know, I, I love this game a lot, so I, you know, I'll talk about it all day long, if you, if you let me. Um, but the great thing about it is that it's a game which is designed as an entry-level game. So you'll come into it, and the game, you could almost, the cars would almost drive themselves if you turned yeah. all the assists on. Um, but depending on how much feedback you want from the car, how much time you want to invest in the game, you can strip away those, those assists, uh, we call them, and um, those will be like, aided steering, aided braking, you can turn those off and suddenly you have to do it all by yourself. And then you can turn off the painted racing line that they paint on the track to show you where to brake mm-hmm. and where to accelerate and all that good stuff. And, you know, as a part of the pro league at the very top of the game, we mandate that the drivers can't use any assists. They could, they have to have, they're in full control of the car, which occasionally is, um, is you know, more strict than the real world. I mean, GT cars are allowed to run traction control, for example. And, you know, there's various other formulas which would allow things like ABS or, uh, you know, other, other kind of computer-aided driving things like that. Uh, but we don't allow any of that. And, you know, I think <laughs> I think that's... Uh, it's just another way that we differ, I, I guess. But I, I wanted to make that clear in case anybody wasn't didn't know that or didn't understand that. Because it, just trying to reiterate the effort and the commitment that people are putting in and the seriousness that they are taking this to, okay, they're having fun, but they are taking it seriously to get to the point where they can go to London or Mexico or wherever to get to, to get to finals or big events for a chance to get, you know, quite large sums of money from prizes, you know, and that, and that, you know, this isn't, yeah. Some people still have the perception. It's, you know, just people sitting in their room playing on the, a computer game i can yes but no <laughs> as you're saying that as i'm i'm realizing how how deep i am <laughs> right now in in this matrix you know i'm yeah. i'm realizing how because i don't think about that anymore i take it for granted but yeah these they they are completely dedicated to this and it's it's their whole thing it's not yeah. Yeah, yeah, hey yeah. i have this this fun hobby you know or hey like you know i'm getting quite good at this thing it's like this is everything to, to these guys uh, in, in a sense. You know, it's 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 what they put all their their time and effort and you know emotional energy into, and so it's it's you know hugely exciting. I think to watch to watch them compete, especially at mm. live events where you can see the sort of raw emotion uh, on their faces when you know when they when they do well, when they do bad, and you know when they feel feel rewarded for their efforts. And that's you know we hope we. We try and tell as many happy stories as we can, but they're not all happy endings for the drivers. Well, no, I mean, it's racing at the end of the day, and, and uh, for most people, racing yeah. is not happy <laughs> because there's only one winner. <laughs> right. Well, right. <laughs> there is. Well, there, there is and there isn't. You know, there's, there's, there's only one winner if you're at the top of the game and if you're amongst mm-hmm. maybe five drivers who are really fighting hard. Oh, yeah. For a lot of the drivers, they've already won if they're there. You know, they've, 
They've got to win because they're, you know, they're matey hometown hero mate from from wherever he's from, comes through, manages to fight off the competition, makes it to the top twelve, and suddenly at a live event in London for the first yeah. time in their life, you know, here they are. And I, I think those are all fantastic stories as well. So we do try and tell those when we can as a broadcast. But yeah, of course we focus on the we focus on the big one because yeah. just everyone wants to know who's going to win. <laughs> I do too. Um, just taking a, a slightly uh, left turn here, uh, pun intended. Uh, yeah. just, 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 pure professional me. Um, Turning left. But you mentioned yeah. that you, as you got older, you got more into car culture and stuff. What were the sort? What's the sort of stuff that uh, floats your boat? Yeah. At the moment, then. You know, I've I've been swinging forwards and back. So one of my one of my favorite mm-hmm. things right now is JDM car culture, and I. You know, I felt for so long like I was such a classy guy. You know, I came from Cambridge and brought up there. <laughs> and, and like, I, I always liked Ferraris when I was a kid. I liked the red ones, you know. And then I got to being, what, 29 a couple of years ago. And I was like, you know, I could just go for a wide body RX7 right now. So these, these JDM... You know, incredible, incredible machines, custom machines. I love one of my favorite things to look at at the moment. And I heard you guys mentioned Jalopnik a few times uh, in, in the podcast. I, I, I read a lot of Jalopnik as well. It's, it's custom, just custom cars, ones that have been built by people and the way in which they've engineered them and the way in which they've yeah. sometimes bootstrapped bits together. I, I love it. I just love looking at it. And it's fantastic stuff, all of it. So, I mean, JDM, I guess, is is, is the... Is one one way of saying that, but I think just custom culture in general. But I, I I would not know as as many vehicles without the likes of Forza or Gran Turismo, particularly the JDM stuff. There, there is no way I would have even known it existed. Right. You know, obviously now that we have the internet and there are many forums that will you can lose many many days going down rabbit holes. Not saying that I have at all, but you I can. have many many <laughs> days. Can. No, not at all. Right. Not me. That's not Nothing the voice of experience. Definitely long. not. Uh, but you, it's this was the chance to drive because I remember I, I, uh, Gran Turismo, Suzuki Wagon R. That's your starting mm. car. That's it. That's what you right. get. And, you, and I think that's brilliant. And I see them in the road today, and I'll drive past one and I'll smile because I'll go, Ah, yes, they're the thing that got me my first amount of money so I could buy a real that's car. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so i could finally get a supra yeah <laughs> or something like that and it's and it's helped me appreciate yeah. other vehicles out there that you know it, it doesn't you know it's not all aston martins ferraris whatever there are many cars can be enjoyable to to, to everybody for many different reasons uh, and uh, and JDMs are just awesome. I, mean, I, I don't. I, I, can't, I can't go on too much about them because then I'm going to start opening they're, they're incredible, on yeah. the browser, and I'll, <laughs> I'll forget to talk to you, which would be awful. <laughs> That's right. We can we can just talk to you about the Toyota Chaser instead. Of sit, have, a, have a good old chimwag about, about the underappreciated Toyota Chaser. Um, the I, I completely relate to that. And all the time, you know, get cars get added to these games. There's a huge catalog of them. Uh, one of the ones that recently I've got appreciation for, I think some of the ugliest racing cars ever to exist, which are kind of early 90s IMSA, so sort of um, American GT racing 
uh, GT cars. And they're these sort of Toyotas and Nissans from, from back then. They had these ridiculous body kits on them. Absolutely nuts. And that I would never have any exposure to that were it not through video games. Because I wouldn't go looking. I mean, I know there are internet articles out there, but I would never go looking no. for the history of American GT racing. Yeah. As a European, as somebody who idolizes Le Mans and you know, Spa, you know, I would never go out yeah, and be exactly. like, oh, who won Sebring in 1993? Because we're snobs, you know, because we go, well, we've got real race trucks over here. Because we're snobs. We are. We're terrible snobs. <laughs> You're right. We are, though. Terrible snobs. But I, and I revel in it. I revel in it. And that's why it hurts me to like JDM cars in a way, you know? That's fine by me. Um, Right, okay, so I'm (laughs) curious, how did you get into the commentating? That's a story of its own, I guess. I I used to sit there, you know, my favourite commentating pair, and the people who made me even interested in it slightly, were um, the MotoGP commentators when the BBC had it. It was Charlie Cox, um, an Australian commentator, and his name is yeah, yeah, Parrish, yeah. I believe. I think he's an ex-motorsport, uh, an, ex, an ex-MotoGP driver. The pairing of those two, they were so funny. And I used to sit there and listen to them and, and they'd be chatting away. I, I loved it. And Steve Parrish, no, no, Charlie Cox had these great lines. He'd be like, oh, you know, he's so unlucky. You could fall into a barrel full of boobs and come out sucking his thumb. You know? <laughs> brilliant. It's brilliant. It's the BBC. <laughs> Brilliant. This is such good commentary. And I used to li- sit there and listen to it. And that's the first time I even thought about it. I thought like, wow, yeah, I, yeah. You know, maybe, maybe that's something that'd be fun to do. But it was years later, got an opportunity to do it. I used to work, as I said, as a copywriter. And I just knew a whole load about the championships uh, that, we were, that we were doing. And I got asked to come and sit in. Someone cancelled at the last minute. Come and do it. <laughs> and... Um, I said no, <laughs> and then they asked again. I said no again, <laughs> and uh, eventually I said yes. And so I went along and, and did it, and um, it was so much fun. And people were very positive about about me doing it, and so I, uh, I let it grow from there. Really, it's been a fun ride, and I keep on expecting it to be be quickly over, but it keeps going. And so I, you know, what do you do beforehand, though? Do you do you do? I mean, Fantastic. you follow the championship and stuff. I mean. Particularly, yeah. say if we got to the final, you've been all the way through through mm. it there. But say it's the start of a season. Have you been lurking in lobbies watching people race? Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, have you got notebooks with information? Oh, yeah. And what sort of research <laughs> do you do? Well, this is another. This is another great thing about about esports racing. You can. So I'm not, by the way, I'm not trying to say here. Let's open the kimono or anything. Anything vulgar like that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't. I don't mind. You know, I I don't mind talking about about this stuff. It's. It's yeah, you do a huge amount of research. Of course, you know I I know a few of these drivers. I don't I don't know the whole field anymore. The field's changed. These young pups uh, coming in and all. The, since the start of the horse racing championship. <laughs> these young pups come through. I know, make me feel old. <laughs> and they all, you know, and so um, I do hang out with a few of them. I tend to try and get a lay of the land as much as I can. Hey, where's where's this person's pace at? People, it's it's a rumor mill all the time. Hey, this guy, he's running mad lap times. He's he's really going crazy. Then you'll go and talk to their teammate and they'll go, no, it's all hype, it's all talk. And so you have to kind of dig a little bit to get into it. I also, I do a lot with stats. Um, I sit down and I have this stats sheet where I sort of break down all sorts of different stuff about the drivers. Who's the fastest in front wheel drive? Who's the fastest in the wet? Who's the fastest in medium weight cars? Who likes a talky engine? Who likes and how, how do you find that out? Is this through chatting to them or you know? their past history or... 
But they're exactly their history. Because we're now getting to a point with the championship where we've run enough races. I don't know that we've run we've run hundreds of races this year, but we've certainly run tens, somewhere over somewhere around fifty, I think, fifty to seventy races per driver, and you can start to get a real uh, indication mm-hmm. from each driver's results of which cars they perform best in, and so that's what I try and do. That's what I try and have a little a little look at. And as a as a you know a commentator, I think that helps me a lot to uh, to be able to dig into them a little bit. It's it's always difficult to tell though. Um, because the races are short and they're punchy and chaotic. Well, no, because I, I, I've I've watched a few where you've said, you know, such and such. Yeah, this will be interesting for, to see how they cope because typically they don't like this type of car, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Or you know, you can't say they don't like the rain yeah. or the, the weather because. But there are but there are a couple out there that clearly excel. Yeah, in, right. in the wet, you know, as as yeah, drivers do. In the real world, you know. Some do, I know. And they're always the good ones, aren't they? They're always the ones we like, you know. <laughs> it's never the rubbish drivers. Like. <laughs> it's always your Schumachers or your Senna's, isn't it? <laughs> yes. It's like, yeah. you said, okay, how did you do that? That's an ice rink and you've just sailed on it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, it's nuts. They're always, always the good ones, aren't they? You know, I, I guess I, mean, I, was, I was talking about it as though, as though I guess anyone could do it, but I guess you can't because I mean, if you do it for if you do it for GT racing, then it's not a great surprise that everyone likes a rear wheel drive <laughs> tin top with, yeah. Yeah. with medium downforce because that's what everyone's driving all season. You know, so we we change the cars up all the time. They drive front wheel drive cars. They drive rear wheel drive cars. LMP1 to, you know, 1960s, 50cc piece of rubbish. Well, I mean, that's, I think that's another really great thing about uh, watching the, the esports is the fact that people have to be, to be number one, two, or three, you have to be incredibly good in anything because anything is going to get thrown at you. <laughs> Uh, you, I mean, you've got a, probably got a vague idea of the sort of thing that people yes. are going to that, that the championship's going to throw at them, um, but you won't know exactly each car, uh, and particularly you won't know the the racetracks either. So you've you this is something else that I'm not sure people can appreciate is no, they haven't got okay. Any, they're doing hours no and hours of practice, but then they have to do hours and hours of practice of each track, and. And the different variety of cards. Yeah. So they'll, they'll know the voting combinations. They'll know, hey, next race, I'm going to be, I know I'm going to be in a 1991 Honda NSX, but I don't know whether I'm going to be going around Magello or Suzuka. And I don't actually. I, How much notice do they get? They, okay. I mean, they find out when we find out, which is when the vote happens live. <laughs> so five minutes before the race starts, the, the, race adjudicator who's running the lobby will choose a track and that's kind of the announcement you know <laughs> they're like okay i guess we're going to japan yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> i had my sunglasses on but it's now it's raining you know <laughs> I, and that's that's how it goes and they just have to adapt to it and you, you're so right it's all about adaptation it's the driver who's best, best able to adapt who's best able to because you can practice of course there are people who try and practice their way through but you have to be adaptive mm. and instinctual and somebody who can kind of just do it uh, in order to win. I, I think that's my that's my opinion. Um, but yeah, they certainly it certainly seems the case that the drivers who can just kind of pick it up and go 
are the ones who really succeed. So what do you think that you can tell or, or tell us, do you think is the future for the Forza Racing Championship? Well, uh, that's a good question. I, I can't tell you much because I don't know much, but, uh, I think it's going to be very. Ex- okay. What would you like to see? What, here's, here's something, right? What would you personally like to see? And this is not. What would I like to see? I would, that any of this will so happen. Like Let's see. make that clear now. So there's no, no, so you don't get in trouble with work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I don't get a slap on the wrist. Yeah. <laughs> So there's, there's so much cool stuff that could happen. And I'd love to see, there's been a lot of rumors about team competition uh, in particular. That's something I'd love to see. Because that has been interesting to watch when, um, I mean, I keep calling them invitationals, but it's the, it's those slightly lighter. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, they, yeah, the recap. It's interesting really, yeah, to watch yeah. the team dynamic as compared to when it's just the individual. You know what I, I love about team driving? Because right now we, mm-hmm. it's all individual driving. So it's all completely ego out there on track. You know, you're in there for yourself. It doesn't matter if they've got the same paint scheme on as you do, because that's as far as teams go. Having teams on track means you can do stuff like, and there's something previously done, give bonus points if you can do a podium lockout. So there's an incentive if you're a driver in a team and you're in the lead to then back down and try and, (laughs) within the rules of driving etiquette, slow down the car behind and get your teammate to overtake them. You try to encourage Mad Max-esque driving all of a sudden. Death Race 2000. <laughs> That's right. I know. I know. We're not fitting guns onto the cars in the 2019. There's no guns on the cars, which was a great disappointment. Maybe that's the November update. <laughs> but we're almost there. That's the thing. Well, they could, they could have right. done it for Halloween. That's our invitationals for next year. Yeah. <laughs> There's there's so much cool stuff that we can do though because this and the sky I can't express it enough because the sky's the limit with this stuff it's all it's all completely mm. a digital artifact right it's all it's all created and so we can create it in any way that we want to and with any stuff that we want to create it with and I think we're only at the very very beginning of understanding the potential of that of how far we can go and how far we can take it. I don't, I always want it. I'm a motorsports fan through and through. I always want to be recognizable as motorsports, but I think there's so, so far we can take this before it gets anywhere near a point where it's like Mad Max or whatever. Yeah, that would be, that's kind of stuff. I like watching the team stuff. That's, that's very interesting. And you said before that when it's the individuals, it's all egos. I can't believe that Box has an, uh, has an ego. He seems one of the nicest, quietest people on the planet. <laughs> he's such a sweet guy. Gosh, so nice. And he's, he's lovely. He's just like that. He's just like that camera as well. The nicest guy. We have this joke where he, because I, I always I ask him in every interview, you know, have you come here to win kind of thing? He goes, <laughs> Ali, I didn't come to Mexico City to f*** around. <laughs> always like, I didn't come to London to f*** around. It's <laughs> just nice. The nicest guy. I always try and get some ego out of him. I try to squeeze every way I can, but I can never really do it. It's- How, have you noticed it growing from a fan's perspective? Because was this season three, season two? Uh, season four, technically, but yes. Se- sorry, season 2019 four. season is what we call uh, Sorry, 2018 season is what we're calling it. Um, right, 2018. Yeah, it, sorry, for anyone who doesn't know, you just, you, uh, yeah. two weekends ago. Yeah when we're recording, you had the finals in London. That's right. And so we were two days in London. A whole great team of, of broadcasters were down there. For some reason, they took me as well. 
and um, they had a fantastic. Oh, shush! shush. You're not, no, you're not allowed to. There's not enough room for more than one modest person on this podcast, and I have that. You got the whole. It's, you got the it's whole my bat and ball. I will do that. <laughs> right, I was I was kind enough to allow John Hindorf to come and sit next to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> it was uh, it was a great weekend in in London. We had the World Finals uh, this year. We've had two online series. We've had playoffs in Mexico City and Seattle. So there's a live event with the drivers right there in person. And then we mm-hmm. concluded that two weeks ago. We concluded our 2018 uh, in London with this big show. You guys can catch it on on YouTube. It's over at um, YouTube forward slash Forza RC. I'll have links in the show notes to that channel. Look at that. So people can go back and have a look and just just hopefully appreciate what goes on from from Ali and also what the drivers do as well. Yeah. Because it's it's quite an effort. I mean, I, I'm lucky because I can edit my podcast after. Yes. Ali's doing this live on camera. <laughs> hey. And I don't I don't envy that on anyone. I'll give you uh, the other side of that is I do it. I sit down and do it. And I never have to think about it again. And as a podcast, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can see, I can see that. I can, There's a lot of attraction right, to this, that. <laughs> it's a different uh, mindset for yeah, it. it is you just approach mindset. it in a slightly different way. You do, and it's it's a cool, it's a cool thing. It's really, it's super fun. You know, yeah, go and check out the shows. They're, they're you know, they they absorb a lot of my time, and I definitely enjoy them a lot. Uh, hope, hopefully, you guys do too. But you also um, do streaming yourself, don't you? Yep. So I stream, um, I'm one of a group of people who stream for Forza Motorsport. Uh, so I have a stream, uh, it's on Mondays at, I'm just doing the time conversion, at uh, 6 p.m. in the UK to 8 p.m. And that's on mm-hmm. um, mixer.com forward slash Forza, F-O-R-Z-A. Um, and that's uh, just me chilling out in public lobbies. And you can come join me and race with me and drive along and I'll be chatting away. And, uh, and talking to the chat, it's, it's a good, it's good fun. It's very traditional, I guess. Is it allowed, we're allowed to say traditional? But it's, it's you know, very traditional Twitch streaming. So uh, what you would see on a, on a, on a Twitch stream with you know a, a, a picture in picture of me gaming mm-hmm. and larger the game. Yeah. That's good. That's good. That's great fun. I've been really enjoying it. It's actually quite a new project of mine, so I'm, I'm really looking forward. To, looking forward to seeing how that grows. Um, and on that, are you just picking a track and a car and just going let's let's have a bit of fun? You know, I'm, I'm jumping into public lobbies, so it's random tracks. Oh, okay, right, cars. okay. Right. Yeah, oh, we're just yeah. going. And it's, uh, I'm trying to incorporate as many mini games as I can. Oh, wow. So we're, we're getting warts and all of doing it live. <laughs> exactly. You get, and you certainly do. It's, it's largely warts. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's a little bit of all. And the all's what oh, we're all there I was for. going up to corner one, and then everybody piled into me. <laughs> Right. Those, <laughs> those cursed noobs. Cursed noobs. That's right. <laughs> you got it down. You got the lingo already. That's it. Yes. I've watched enough now. You see, I've watched enough of this. But okay, I'll make sure there's a link in the show notes for anyone um, to dip into those on a Monday as well. So that that's excellent. Right. I would like just to ask you the quickfire questions now. Let's do it. Uh, as I as I normally do. So I'm going to say and. This should be interesting to see where, because <laughs> like I say, you're coming in from a slightly different perspective, I think, yeah. than most people who've been on the show, which is brilliant because this is this is this is really what I wanted to do with Rear View was show exactly how what the breadth of people who like cars and how they like cars that it's not just going to a car show and staring at a car on a stand. There's there's many ways we can all enjoy this. 
and there's many ways that people get into it and from that one start they then well as you as you said there you know now quite happily to spend hours looking at jdm cars (laughs) which which you know who knew that was going to happen so this is this i'm I'm really i'm I'm delighted that you said yes to come on here just to help just to show uh you know one the one selfish reason which i really wanted to ask you about everything you do because i think it's brilliant but the second one was just to help other people appreciate there's there's loads of ways we can enjoy this and nobody's right or wrong right we just have to appreciate that that's the way that people do it. That's brilliant. It's an interesting there's, and there's, space, yeah. Yeah, there's, there's, no, there's no right or wrong way. We don't have to be uh, aggressive with anybody about this. We just go, you like cars? That's excellent. How do you like them? You like them? That is awesome. Whatever. And then we carry on our lives. But anyway, I can't, I can't do world peace. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not trying to take that on. But okay then. So right. what currently excites you about the motoring world? Currently excites me is... Just the way it's evolving. I, I, you know, I read the most interesting article the other day about, I think it's even retweeted by you, but it was uh, about the way in which um, electric cars are engineered and the pieces required to put them together really have nothing in common with the way in which a car looks. Hmm. These days, cars, they kind of, we're, we're living in the echo of the combustion engine a little bit with electric cars, and they're going to start hmm. making an aesthetic of their own. And that speaks to me completely from the esports racing space. We're living right now in the echo of what motorsports has put down as a template, but we're beginning to find our own shape. And uh, that that's such an it's such an interesting time of change, I think, in uh, in cars. Excellent. Uh, so, what currently worries you about the motoring world? I don't know. I don't know if anything worries me. I don't think. I don't know. I I read a lot, and you know, you're gonna be shocked, but I hear a lot as well about. Uh, Cars that drive themselves. <laughs> and this may be a concern of yours. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know if that worries me yet. Um, I think that I, I'm, I think it's kind of cool. Okay, well, when I get my autonomous vehicle special edition out and you listen to that, then hopefully people will better appreciate what has to happen to make that reality. One man's campaign. Yes. To keep driving in the hands of men. Well, uh, it's not just that, but if we're going to do it, I want it to be done in a proper way. And I worry with a lot of things that I read about it and hear and see about it, that it's not being done in a way that will actually be safe. I, I think safety is, yeah super key for this yeah and that's that's and and i know there is the argument that human drivers are not particularly safe either i understand that but to replace one not safe thing with another not safe thing is insanity in my opinion and the roads are they're a careful equilibrium of people who know how to drive around people people don't know how to drive around not people well it's what i think it goes back to what you were saying earlier about um esports racing as well is the fear of damage, physical yeah. damage. Right. That will be yes. removed. So, Yeah, I got you. I got you. Okay, that's more and more worrying for me then. I revised my answer. I'm, more, I'm increasingly worried about <laughs> vehicles that drive themselves. No, I, that's why I say I need to get this episode out so people can make up their own mind. I don't want to... I don't want to influence anyone too much. I just want to give people the facts, and I don't think people have been given the facts... I think that's fair. ...properly, so... Yeah. That's that's what okay. Moving on because otherwise it's I'll get splinters from this hobby horse. Um, yeah. What's been? Uh, you don't drive, do you? 
I don't drive. So don't. there is no point in me asking what your favorite car to drive and, and why. But I can ask you, what is your favorite Forza car to drive and why is that? There you go. And that, I think, is a Honda NSX. I think I like those ones. I think I like them best. A nice mix of is light that body. the original or the latest? The original. The latest okay. is a travesty and isn't a Honda NSX. Oh. Doesn't deserve the name. Oh. It's built in Ohio. <laughs> with, wow. It has four-wheel drive. It's heavy. It has. It, it does not sit in the lineage of a Honda NSX for me. Um, the Honda, the, the design philosophy behind that car is a lightweight, mid-engine, rear-wheel drive car with a actually relatively low output engine, and they've completely changed the design philosophy. I don't know why they called it an NSX. I don't know why not call it something else. Okay, interesting. Uh, I've I've not driven one yet, so. Uh, <laughs> I guess I haven't either. <laughs> no, but it'd be. be uh, I've seen people talk about them. Obviously, I've seen it on Top Gear and Grand Tour and things like that. I would really like to drive the original and and the new one. Just just seeing yeah. what the difference is, you know, because the, they they look polar different. They do, and, and I think yeah. I think dynamically they will be very different from each other as well. The original, you know, has it's it's still within that sort of that era. What, when Japanese manufacturers, what was it, 270-something horsepower that they gave all of their cars. It still it just, has an, it just has an engine like that in it. It's nothing special. And it has, you know, has VTEC, of course, which you know, I guess was, was special for the time mm. and still is quite special. But it's, it's not a you know, massive turbocharged, I think V6 is in the, is in the, uh, uh, the Acura, the, the later one. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, it's a very different car. I don't want to throw shade. I don't want to say that one's necessarily worse or that the new SX is a bad car. Just for me, (laughs) when I say... (laughs) It's maybe too late. Maybe it's too late. But, you know, for me, I prefer the NSX. Give me the NSX. Give me the 1991. (laughs) Give me the real one. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Okay, right. I'm going to move on to, and I'm going to tweak this slightly. What's your favorite track to drive on? I like driving on Spa, and I'd love to go there one day. I actually live quite close to it, and I have never been. I was going to say that. You're going to have to sort that next year. I know. Maybe watch the WEC there. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm thinking of, actually. The formula's quite expensive. The WEC does look more accessible and fun. It looks lovely, and you can get a decent seat at Eau Rouge, and you can see the track properly, and mm. you're not just stuck on the Kennel Straight. Yeah. That does, that does to, yeah, sound like good fun. Favorite place. I, I tell you another race series you should try there. <laughs> Won't be the <laughs> Citroen C1. They oh, do get a, out. They I do think a, I've seen some YouTube of that. <laughs> they do a, they do a 24-hour at Spa. I think they've so just done cool. one recently. Uh, yeah. I, I was, I helped, I helped, no, I'm, I was not too much of a nuisance to a team that was running a C1 in Mission Motorsports Race Remembrance last year. Oh, cool. And they are hilarious. They are going yeah. flat out the entire time. It's, it's, it's a wonderful thing, and they're so quiet. Because the, the, the Race Remembrance had a, a mix of vehicles, and the C1 was clearly the slowest by a significant distance. <laughs> So you'd have you'd, you'd have proper race cars go past, you know, making huge noises, and then you'd have some more sensible vehicles. Although the Honda CRV that had been adapted to be a race car 
perhaps not the most sensible, but that that had been done in conjunction between Honda and uh, Mission Motorsport, and that was fantastic. That, that's, that's awesome. That's a great looking car. And uh, and that came through a bit quieter, and then the C1 to go past, and after everything else, you go, there's no noise at all. <laughs> So you can see why they got the 24-hour race at Rockingham, because no yeah. one was going to be kept awake by them. <laughs> there was no issue for the council. And they all get panel damage just behind the front wheels, where they've bumped into each other. <laughs> but, but they are that just, sounds awesome. They are just awesome. That there's, awesome. There's also the Ford Ka. Um, there's an yeah. endurance series of that as well. So those these little micro cars, basically, now, that have minimal power and minimal grip and things like that they just sound like brilliant fun i love that i love that kind of stuff yeah i love you know going down and seeing you know it's, all, it's always like the great thing about it is you can see it tier two tracks as well i don't know tier two sounds a bit funny but these kind of slightly crustier tracks mm. like zandvoort is very local to me so that's just north of amsterdam and uh, i love you know brands hatch as well of course in the uk is a classic but these these tracks where there's still a little bit of sort of it's kind of a feeling that the old boys are still it's running. Grassrooty. You know? <laughs> it's grassrooty. Yeah, grassrooty. It's still accessible. That's the word. That's the word. It's accessible, exactly. isn't it? It's not. Yeah. It's not all the glitz and glamour of F one where you think, well, yes, I yeah. need a million pounds just to get into the grandstand and. Well, even to enjoy watching it, yeah, and you know, and I, you know, you can just go in, you can go and chill out at the pit lane. They've got open pits. You run up and down. You get to, you know, touch all the cars, and they'll let you take snaps and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And if you ask them nicely, they might even let you sit in the cars. Lovely, yeah. you know, that's that's motorsport for me. And well, that's, that's the way to make more fans is people going. Oh, but these were brilliant. These lot were great and talked to us. And, yeah, and I think that's one of the problems I have with F one is they seem to have lost that. Well, I mean, yeah, again, though, you know, they're they're not grassroots. That's not their that's not their bag. You know? No, that's no, no, they they've made that um, clear. <laughs> <laughs> made that abundantly clear. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I'd, I'd love, I haven't been down to see it yet, but I'd love to go and watch uh, TCR. I think there's a TCR UK series yeah. now, which is a sort of new, cheaper touring car. Yep. But they're, they're good fun. They sound good as well. I've seen them at practice days a few times. Oh, okay. But they're cracking. Yeah. Pointless me asking you the pointless optional extra question. <laughs> but I'm, I'm yeah. going to move on to the, the uh, final question before I um, ask how people can follow you. But that is, who do you think I should talk to after speaking to you? Or who would you like to hear? That's that's a oh you know who I would love to hear is someone like Charlie Cox. He's my absolute hero in commentating, and I don't know where he's at right now. I think he did a little bit of I don't I don't know what he does right now. So Charlie Cox, look him up. He's a uh, I think just my favourite sports commentator. Mm-hmm. He's done all sorts of stuff for the B uh, throughout the nineties. Um, I think would be a fantastic guy to chat to. I'd love to, I'd love to speak to him myself. So if you get a hold of him, then pass him on. Yeah, to okay, me. no problems. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so um, right before I say thank you so much, what are the best ways for people to follow what you do? I mean, we're going to have your mixer channel mm-hmm. or the mixer channel for Monday nights in there. But what what other yeah. ways can people follow what you do? So I am on Twitter. That's my main thing mm-hmm. at Ali Tack. Um, I'm also on Xbox. You guys can friend me on there if you like, and uh, you can hop into races with me while I'm on. Uh, that doesn't necessarily need to be while I'm streaming. And then my gamer tag is Yachts, spelled with two A's. So Y A A C H T S uh, is my gamer tag. Okay. And I'm on Instagram as well, although I don't have much Instagram game. I won't lie. Uh, that's <laughs> Alitac as well, but I don't. I don't do. I don't use it very often. So. Yeah. Twitter myself. <laughs> no problems. 
you would have to start doing behind the scenes when you're uh, doing the uh, the events for your Instagram. I get told this constantly, and I, I'm so lazy. I'm because it's so hard lazy. to pull your phone out I'm... and take a photograph. <laughs> and, and right now, right now, as I've just said that to you, <laughs> as, as I've said that to you, Alan is throwing things at his his. Uh, smart speaker of choice whether it's his phone or in a car because we have had many discussions about how bad i am at instagram as well so <laughs> there you go there you go people there in are. glass houses and all that that's it people in glass houses <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on and i really appreciate that's you giving us the time pleasure. to talk to me this has been an absolute hoot and i could uh happily talk to you for hours and hours about uh downforce and uh understanding the full ramifications of putting a handbrake on mid corner and, uh, <laughs> and but but all the things all that, that go stuff. on to make up the Forza racing scene and and all that sort of stuff and hopefully I haven't rambled on too much so people have got an appreciation of how of how much fun it can be uh, and they'll uh, dip the toe in multiplayer wise as well and maybe not crash into everybody on the first corners should we try that everyone should we just try that just by breaking a little bit sensibly. Just give it, let's yeah, give it a go. It's, fighting the good fight. Nice. Fighting the good fight every single day. It's just an week. option. That's, 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 why, that's why I'm tuned in. <laughs> so thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to chat to me. Uh, thank you, Ali. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks once again to Ali for coming on Rearview and chatting with me. I hope you found our conversation as fascinating as I did. If you want to suggest someone I should ask to come on this show, please do get in touch. If you use the hashtag RearViewPod, we'll be guaranteed to see it here in Motoring Podcast Towers. To get in touch with me directly, search for Crack Windscreen on Twitter. And if you'd like to keep up to date with motoring news, opinions and car reviews, go try out the sister show, which is the Motoring Podcast. If you think what we do here on Rearview and the Motoring Podcast is worth some of your money, please do support us in our efforts by going to motoringpodcast.com forward slash support and clicking the Patreon button. I would also really appreciate if you could tell others about this show. I think the guests who come on here have great stories and I want as many people as possible to hear them. So until next time, that was Ali Tak, I've been Andrew Clues, and safe motoring. <laughs>